Hebrews 11.8. Let's read it both in the King James and Amplified. By faith, underline that, Abraham, how? By faith, it's going to take faith to have a sound mind. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place. Some of you think you're not called. You're calling, God's ringing, but you never pick up the phone because you don't like what it says on the caller ID. The caller ID says toilets, nursery, cooking. Oh, I don't like that. But if it says, uh, you know, some pulpit or public ministry, you pick up the phone, but you never get that call because you wouldn't answer when the caller ID said toilets and nursery and typing. So many are calling, but they're not answering their phone. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive an inheritance. When was he going to receive the inheritance? On the backside of obedience, not on the processing prior to obeying. After he should, after inheritance obeyed, he went out not knowing. Wow, here's a man who's not filled with the Holy Ghost, who's not saved. God called, he picked up the phone. God said, pack your stuff, all of it in your family, and leave, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you where you're going. He heard God, and he obeyed. So we don't have any excuses. He didn't even know where he was going. Abraham was a heathen moon worshiper. He lived in Ur of the Chaldeans. He was not, there was no Jewish nation or anything yet, right? Here's the paraphrase. God called Abraham to go out to a place he did not know where after he would receive an inheritance by faith he obeyed. So your obedience is going to take faith. Your obedience to have a sound mind and stop picking up the devil's trash and, and listening to what he's saying is going to take some faith. We want to use faith to get finances, and we want to use, use faith to get our bodies healed. But how come we're not using any faith to have that sound mind? Because your sound mind is your whole life is navigating after that. That stuff just comes to you automatically because you have a sound mind and you're stable and you're steady. And it's just the direction is forward no matter what's coming at us. So by faith he obeyed, knowing not where he was going. Listen to what the Amplified says. He did not trouble his mind about it. So you're troubling your mind about things. He didn't even trouble his mind about it. That is great faith. And we have the greater one, the God of all faith on the inside of us, so we can do this. So processing needs to be on the backside of your obedience. It's where you tell the story for his glory. So unstopped worry is going to lead to fear, and unstopped condemnation is going to lead to depression. If your thoughts are troubling you, you're listening to them. So if Pastor Josh is speaking and I'm listening, am I talking? So how do I not listen? I start talking. Now, if it's another person, that's rude. But there's no such thing as rude to Satan because he doesn't have a right to talk. God has authorized you to have the last word. He does not get the last word. And so when you are, when you're uh, listening to yourself, that's when you start getting in trouble. Most of you just need to start talking to yourself and stop listening to yourself. Stop being overawed by your own thoughts. Stop being overly impressed by your opinions. And stop being overly concerned about what Satan has to say to you. He's not telling you the truth anyway. Just because it has some, has some relatability to your life, because he'll use some sort of incident in your life, it doesn't make it true, does it? The Bible says that he can't tell the truth. So when he brings up your past, is he even telling you the truth? No, he's added some stuff to it. And so why are you even listening to that? God's forgotten it. He has authorized you to forget it. You are authorized to have the last word. God is not authorized to have the last word in your life. You are. 
He gave you that authorization. He doesn't have that authorization. Stop giving it to Satan and stop waiting on God to do it. You have been authorized to have the last word. Make sure you get it. Seems to be real important in a human relationship to you. I have the last word. Well, honey, take it. <laughs> Just make so interrupt yourself with the word. Satan will not say things to you that you wouldn't believe. He's going to sound convincing, right? Stop letting it convince you. Exercise faith to guard your mind. Luke 22, 32 says, Jesus, remember he was talking to Peter. He said, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail you. And when you recover, strengthen the other disciples. Why would he say that to Peter? Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Not Peter, I'm going to pray for your protection. Not Peter, I'm going to pray for your prosperity. Not Peter, I'm going to pray that you don't get martyred. Peter, I'm going to pray that your faith won't fail you. Why? Because every attack is accompanied by one on the mind. When Peter denied Christ, what was the danger? The accuser of the brethren. How will you ever testify for him? You denied him three times. He wanted Peter to commit suicide. So he's Jesus, I'm going to pray for you that your faith won't fail. When you need faith the most is when you missed it. So that you can move on from that. So Peter was having a serious attack on his mind that Satan was going to take him out right then and there. But you know what? He didn't win. And Peter stood up on the, on the day of Pentecost and he didn't say, I denied Christ to share his testimony. He said, you crucified the Lord of glory. That was a man free from condemnation because God forgot about it. So why shouldn't he? See, God doesn't even, if you put your past under the blood, even your nasty attitude this morning, you've repented for it. It's under the blood. Then how dare you remember something that God doesn't give real estate space to? Who do you think you are? You're exalting yourself above God to retain that. He's cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Don't you want to do the same thing? It would behoove us to follow him and do the same thing. So forget about it. That's where your boldness will come from. So Jesus prayed that his faith would not fail. God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. Whose? His riches. He supplies your needs because Jesus did everything right, not because you did everything right. <laughs> There's no way you're going to do everything right, not today and not to tomorrow. So God's going to continue to supply your needs according to his riches and glory because Jesus did everything right. So you don't have to do everything right to have your needs met. Not that you're out there tearing it up intentionally. Just instantly say, I'm sorry, please forgive me and move on and then forgive yourself, which I realize is a lot harder to do. Satan reminds you of your past. If you have difficulty working on Satan talking to you about your past, or maybe your past is as early as yesterday, turn to Revelation 20. Turn there. This is the one and only method you ever need to remember. Can you remember that? Revelation 20. We don't have conversations with Satan, but we do speak to him. We do answer him. A conversation is a two-way thing, right? That means I got to listen. Excuse me. So it's not a conversation. It's going to be a monologue, not a dialogue. So when Satan starts messing with you, you open your mouth and you answer. Anybody try to defeat thoughts with thoughts and just think them away? They just keep firing away, don't they? That's not how you stop thoughts. You only stop thoughts by interrupting them, by starting to speak. So when Satan starts talking to you, instead of going, man, I can't think of anything to think. Maybe the word's on in here. Just turn to Revelation 20 and say, hey, now listen. 
I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Ooh. He laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, hey, that's you, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Oops, here's some more. Let's, you listening? Satan, and cast you into the bottomless pit. Shut it up and shut a seal on it that you should deceive the nations no more. And so then Satan starts leaving. You're like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Next time you come back for a visit, we'll read some more. Yeah, and so, oh, and you know what? Gosh, I don't see your name in here again. It's the last mention of you. The end. Yeah, so when Satan starts talking to you, answer him about his future. When he starts talking to you about your past, answer him. He will leave faster than you ever imagined because he's not interested in that. So that's your answer to him, not something you're trying to concoct. So your mouth and your mind need to be the same. Now, Jesus gave you this method in Mark 11. Let's go there. So how do we do this? Because he tells us how to do it. And here's a scripture that everybody will say, I know. I know, I know, I know. Tis not in the knowing. Tis in the doing. So Mark 11, 23. Let's read it in the King James. First of all, 22, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you sayeth shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you sayeth. So notice the first two, it says say or sayeth four times. The first two times say is a verb, it's an action word only used in the definite past tense. You're in time, so you have a sense of past, present, and future. But when you do anything spiritually, it's an eternity, so there is no past, present, and future. So this word say twice is already in the past tense. In other words, you've already dealt with it in the spirit. It's already done. It's already finished. So you're going to, the first two are say, the second word sayeth is also a verb, but it means this. You're going to break the silence and lay it forth. If you'll say it out, the Holy Ghost will lay it out. But you're going to have to open your mouth and break the silence and lay it forth. What? Lay forth the word of God, the track that you're supposed to be walking on. So it says four times, he says for you to say and only once believe. Because you have, you say, I, I believe. Yes, I believe, I believe, I believe. I know, I know, I know. Why aren't you talking? Because you're not, you're not answering. You're not talking. Because you're overly awed by your own thoughts. And you're overly impressed with Satan's conversation. Because we, we live in a country where you're paid to offer your opinion and your poll. And God isn't interested in your opinion. And neither is Satan. But you can be paid. Paid. Take this survey. Tell us what you think. Why do you think that's so rampant? So Satan can get you to be overly awed by your own opinion. Which is not even in line with the word of God. You can't function correctly. Mountains are going to move in your life with your words because the mountains in your life are made up from your own words. And so if you come up to something in your life and there's a big old mountain there and you're like, how did that get there? You've been letting Satan shovel for a long time. Shoveling that manure pile and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And so then you start trying to talk to it and he, he drop. you know, you get out Revelation 20. He drops the shovel and walks away. Uh-uh-uh. You made that mess. Get back here and get rid of that. You don't just leave, drop your shovel and leave that pile of manure there. 
you take that shovel and that manure and get on out of here. And so the mountains in your life will move with your words because they're made up of your words. They didn't get there from anybody else. Nobody's words have more power over you than you. Not Satan's words and not God's word. Here's what God's word does in your ears. It tells you what can be so. This word in your eye gate and ear gate tells you only what can be so. But it doesn't make anything so in your life. Once you put it in your mouth and you lay it forth and break the silence, only then does it make it so. What you say makes it so. So whatever you have is what you've been saying. You don't like that? Looks like manure? Let's change that. <laughs> the shovel is God's word. So this is the paraphrase. I break the silence and I lay it out. Whosoever shall answer and command the mountain. The mountain is talking. The bigger it is, the louder it's talking. So you're going to have to answer it and then you're going to command it. This thing that rises up, rears up, lifts itself up against my word in your life, be removed and cast into the sea. The sea of what? Forgetfulness. And shall not withdraw from his breaking the silence. In other words, can you just say it one time? No, you're going to keep on saying it. You're going to keep on answering it. You're going to keep on answering it and keep on answering it. How long? Until it's done. Until it's finished. When is that? When you don't give a rip anymore. And shall not withdraw from his breaking the silence and laying it out in his feelings and thoughts, but shall trust those things which he is laying forth shall be caused to come to pass, be fulfilled, performed and shown. And he shall have what whatsoever he answers and commands. I'm not being flippant by saying when you don't care anymore. The reason you don't, you will get to the point you don't care anymore because you're saying now dominates what you think and feel. It is you. That is real to you. Whatever you're, whatever you're feeling, whatever your body's feeling, whatever your heart's feeling, whatever your emotional feelings, it ain't you anymore. And people want to say that's cold and that's hard. Gets it done. People say, you're hard. You're so hard. You're hard on my emotions. That's exactly what you want to be hard on. You want to be hard on something, be hard on yourself. Be hard on your flesh, be hard on your emotions. The gentle as a dove was from the spirit man and the love walk that we have with each other. And we're not hard on each other. Be hard on yourself and nobody else will have to be. Be hard on your emotions. They're not helping you. The only one that helps you is compassion. And that didn't come from the soul. It came from the spirit man. And every time Jesus felt compassion, he moved. So don't tell me you're operating compassion if you're sitting on your bum bum. Because compassion is a move to action. And it's always on God's behalf. And there's nothing in it for you. So you want to feel, pour all your feelings into that. And wow, will you leave a wake of blessing in your path. So here's how you do it. My job is to speak it, and God's job is to fill it. Can you do his part? And he can't do yours. He is waiting for you to, to say it. Here's how it works. God speaks to me from his word, and then he tells me what to say. I have to say, I believe what I'm reading is true, whether I can see it or feel it or not. That's mixing my faith with it, just like Abraham, all right? You said I'm healed. I don't look healed, and I don't feel healed. But God, you said you're true, and every man a liar. So you're telling the truth, and I'm lying. Two parts of me are lying. Lying symptoms on my body and lying thoughts in my mind. Let God be true and every man a liar. That includes you. Those two parts are lying. 
what's in the word in my spirit, man, is the truth. So I'll line my mouth up with the word. Guess what? The lies will fall away and your body and your mind will be part of the truth. And you will have healing in your heart, in your mind, and your body. Some people need to have a healed mind and, and a healed heart. The word heals the heart. Okay? Relationships do not heal the heart. The next best greatest relationship is not going to fix the achy, breaky heart you think got caused from the last one. Get it fixed and be a whole person looking for somebody else to bless. Your mind is also not going to get fixed by a pill. It's going to get fixed by the gospel. So every thought is going to have to be answered, but it can't be answered if your spirit man's not full of the word because this comes up to the mind and it's spoken out through the mouth. So this has to be the Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> your mouth and your mind need to be one and the same. And the source of it needs to be the spirit man, not a few other sources. So Satan works the same way. He speaks lies to my mind. He tries to get me to meditate on them. And the more I meditate on them, now I start saying them. Now I start creating. See, the reason we have missed communication between humans and some relationships are fraught with more than others is because words were not created for your communication with one another because they had thoughts. God knew their thoughts. Adam and Eve talked through thoughts, what you would call mental telepathy today. Words were created for God to create, and he told Adam, now do it the same way. Watch how I do it. Now you name these animals. They were designed for your creation. So when we try to have communication with them between humans, we have missed communication. If they were designed for your communication with humans, there wouldn't be any missed communication because God is not flawed. So they weren't created for that. So he tries to get you to think his thoughts, so you'll say it out, because whatever you say is what you're going to have. Is that what Mark 11:20? twenty? doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. See, that's your problem. You're not believing it. Well, it doesn't matter what I say. I've had this. I'll always have that or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Oh, that's, you're just radical. You guys, okay. As you wish. So God, that's a free will. As you wish. But everything you're saying is exactly what you're having, because he already said it. So your belief system doesn't change the truth. This is truth. It just changes the outcome of your life today, tomorrow, and, and from here on out. So all of life is going to be lost or won in your, th in your thoughts. All of life is lost or won right here because this dictates the walking and the talking, which creates your life. So it's won or lost here. It's what you're going to do with the word. Not saying, I know that, I know that, I know that. It's what you're doing with the word that's creating your life. Destiny is merely a product of your decisions. Wrong thoughts are going to keep you in a test longer. So if you're in a test, the best way to move past that quickly, stop, drop, and roll. Stop figuring it out. Stop processing it. Stop worrying about it. Drop to your knees. Roll through the word. Roll that care on the Lord and get up and move forward. Stop, drop, and roll. Philippians 4, 7 says, The peace of God which passes understanding. You know why it passes your understanding? Because you can be in the middle of the storm and go, why am I so peaceful? Ha, ah, I don't care. Why do we come in here and roll around on the floor, mess up our hair and laugh, and, and all hell's breaking loose in our life? Because the peace of God that's here, that he left with you, passes the mind, the understanding. I shouldn't be peaceful because nothing's peaceful. Yes, you should be peaceful. It's well with me and wellness goes wherever I go. And then wherever I am, everything around me becomes well. It passes understanding. Notice it says this, it'll keep your heart and mind. Peace of God coming from your spirit, man, will dominate your heart, your emotions, and your mind if you let it. Or you can let your achy, breaky heart 
and your unrenewed mind dominate you. And we all can tell what's dominating each other. So it doesn't matter what you're putting on the outside. You're only faking yourself out. Your life will never be any better than your thought life. You know what? An unrenewed mind is dangerous. It's dangerous. It'll keep you in the realm of emotion. I've watched spouses pull each other out of the will of God over it. And I'm not talking about just people in ministry, whether it's the will of God for you to be a doctor, attorney, an insurance salesman, whatever, a minister. It'll pull you out. Let me just say this, mothers and fathers, men and women, keep pace with your spouse's faith. If, you, if you're the man in the relationship and, and, and dear sister, you're not keeping pace with his faith. He's in the word. He's going to Bible school. He's listening to there. Keep pace with his faith because you're, you're, you're going to be disconnected. I went to Bible school not because I thought I was called to do anything except stand by his side and not be a dead weight. And so I knew I needed to keep pace with his faith. Keep the word because one day, some, whether he was called to do whatever, he didn't know what he was called to do then. Um, I was going to be end up back here and go, yeah, I'm by your side. Well, I don't have faith for that because what if God told him to start a business and we needed a million dollars? There wouldn't be faith in me to stand by his side. So women, if you're out there ahead and you're, you're learning the word, you're a Bible school husband, please keep pace with their faith. Don't say, well, I'm not called. You will not support your spouse. You're faking yourself out. There'll come a day when you can't keep pace and stand by their side. And what you'll do is give in to fear and you'll pull on them with your emotions. Honey, what about me? Honey, what about our family? What about the kids? And that comes out of a man's mouth and a woman's mouth equally. Keep pace with your spouse's faith. If you're single, keep pace with the Holy Ghost and where he's taken you. So that was just a little nugget there. An unrenewed mind is dangerous. It'll keep you in the realm of emotion. It'll keep your spouse out of the will of God and your children, etc. Peter tried to pull Jesus out of the will of God through an undisciplined mind. What did he say to him? Lord, don't talk about that. Perish the thought. That's a horrible thought. Don't say that you're going to the cross, that you're leaving us, that you're going to die. To a Jew, that was ludicrous that the Messiah would be crucified. Remember, you're supposed to set up your kingdom. What happened to all that? I'm going to sit at your right and, you know, John at your left. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Your thoughts are a trap and a snare. So that's what he says to us when we start answering out of our emotion and out of our thoughts that aren't lined up in the word of God. You are a trap and a snare to not only yourself, but everyone around you. And and I'm talking about this on Mother's Day because as women, you're more given into this unrenewed mind thing. And, you know, you're freaking out, figuring out, frazzled out all the time and given into your emotions. As mothers, I understand the mama thing. There's times when sometimes you just do something because I'm mama. Your mama, you want to feel mama. But there are many times you make that mama choice over the word choice, you're going to cost them their life. Pastor Josh, one time, can I tell the story about Lisa? Okay. Um, before Kate, we had to stand in faith for Kate. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Josh had, had girl number one, number, door number one, which was wrong. <laughs> and door number two, because she's door number three. Finally got it right. And um, so door number one, uh, you know, he was thinking was, was a good and right thing because they were saved. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. So, all right, so we're, we're equally yoked. Pastor's daughter, well, I don't care. I'll recognize my harvest. That's not my harvest. I didn't sow 20 years for that. I know what it'll look. When, what is it? Well, I, well, I'll know it when I see it. And I hadn't seen it yet because she wasn't in my life. And so uh, I'm like, well, that, I know that's not it. Anybody ever been shopping? Like, what are you looking for? I don't know. I'll just know it when I see it. You're like, I'm not going to know my own, my own daughter when I see it. Yeah, I will. I, I know a pair of shoes when I see them. 
<laughs> and I didn't work 20 years for those. And so uh, he was, really was interested in this and he said, this is not God. This is not the will of God for your life. And he wasn't in agreement with us. And I think nine months went by, the whole school year went by. And finally, I, you know, I'm generally to the point when I talk, you know, I'm trying to be, be sweet. And that usually, that usually backfires on me because I'm still looking for the bush I'm supposed to beat around and no one ever gets the point when I'm not pointed. And then they're mad at me for being pointed. So it's confusing to me. And so anyway, I just got to the point finally and I said, what part of over my dead body do you not get that she's not gonna be in this family? I just thought, let's just narrow this down. <laughs> and he was like, Mom, that was really hurtful. I, I didn't mean to hurt you by saying that, but I did mean absolutely what I said. And um, so, so she was, she moved on down the road. He thanked us later after he pouted across two continents and three countries all summer. Yeah, and so that was his only meaning to pout. And if you want to know how to pout, there's the champion powder. <laughs> like, <laughs> all the way through Mexico, the whole, whole missions team was like, Josh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Took him all summer to recover. And then, uh, yes, later I got a phone call in the car because it had had gone horribly wrong. Well, I don't want to, yeah. The whole thing crashed and burned, and he was like, oh, thank God, you know, thanks, Mom and Dad. But you know what he said to me when, when he recovered? He said, because uh, when I said that to him, I said, he's like, I've never asked you for anything. Man, when your kids pull that on you, especially the one that it's true, and they almost do everything right, like, I've never asked you for anything, and I'm asking you for this one thing. You're asking me for the one thing I can't do. You're asking me to choose you over God. And if I were to ever actually do that, you'd never trust me again anyway. And the one person that could save you would have nowhere to go when you come to yourself because you everybody comes to themselves. Some people, it's a little too late. And so when he, he was on the phone and he said, I've always loved you, Mom and Dad, but I love you more now. And I think I said, you said respect, too. He said, I love you more now than I ever have. In other words, he, he knew where to come back to. So there's going to be a line in the sand many times that you cannot do the mama thing, you can't do the wife thing, you can't do, you can't do the human thing. You better be the person that's standing there holding the life preserver because they're not going to have anyone to go back to. And so you're going to have to be strong enough in your heart to stand with God so that the people you say you love, you don't ever choose them over God. That's going to take a very strong, stable mind, but God has given you this. You just have to know how to navigate it. So we're almost finished here. Uh, so when he was telling Peter that, you're being a stumbling block, Proverbs 14.1 says this, ladies, in the GW, the wise woman builds her home, but a stupid one tears it down with her own hands. This is the paraphrase. A wise woman builds and repairs her family with the word, but the foolish one beats it down with her own words, her hand, her power, direction, and force. So if you're struggling in an area, you're either in disobedience or your mind is unrenewed. So what does that mean? We're like, I would never tear down my family. I love them with my mouth. I don't say hurtful things to them. Well, in the natural, your hand, it creates power and direction. You want something off a shelf, you grab it, right? You want something to eat, you put it in your mouth. Your hand is, is the force of power and direction with your body, correct? Well, in the spirit, your hand, it translates in the Greek that that is your mouth. This is your hand. It's the force of power and direction in your life. So when you're living your life by your own thoughts and your own feelings and you're telling yourself, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not cutting my family down. I'm not putting them down. I'm not cursing them. I'm not calling them stupid. Yeah, but you're doing the emotional mental thing. You're listening to too many talk show hosts tell you how to be a wife and a mother. 
tell you how to dress, tell you how to think, tell you how to do some other things. <laughs> um, I'll save that for the women's meeting. <laughs> uh, you should know more than Cosmo about that subject. You better be the go-to person on that subject. Um, so anyway, where was I? I don't know where we got, got off on that. I forget. We're on live stream. Let me remember that. Okay. Okay. So yes. So the power and direction. So if you're not speaking the word and answering your children and answering and teaching them how to stop, drop, and roll, you're going to tear down your life and your family with your own hands. That's your mouth. You, you'd simply tear it down by not building. You're like, well, I haven't done anything precisely. It's not, not always not what you, you're doing. It's what you haven't done. So you didn't build your house. You're the builder of your house. And so when the storm comes to your children, now when your children are older and they make their choices, they make their choices. And then that's not the house that you built. You're going to have to say it to have it. The faith person to the faith man or woman, the word of God is the voice of God. To the faith man or woman, the word of God is the voice of God. You don't need another voice. I had someone tell me a few weeks ago, they had five people confirm to them the word of the Lord in their life. We weren't one of the two. We weren't two of the five. And God wasn't one of the five either. To the faith person, the word of God is the voice of God. And if you need another voice, the Holy Ghost, you better be spiritual authority that confirms it to you. Because direction doesn't come from the side in, from five peers, and definitely not from the bottom up, anybody underneath you. It better come from the top down. If anything my father taught me growing up, you counsel upline. You better counsel upline. I remember when um, Dr. Brooks, who's 80, 80 80-something, right, came to us on our board. And uh, at that time, PT wasn't on the board. He's the baby. (laughs) More no, you are now, right, okay? Um, And so everybody was older than us, like 30 years, or all in their 70s, 80s. He's like, don't you want any... Don't you guys want some younger people on the board? I said, we just got out of the stupid line ourselves. I don't need anybody that's still in that line under 40 on this board. No, it's like you you need advice. You counsel upward. Somebody that knows what they're doing is ahead of you, that has authority. Stop asking your Facebook friends and your peers and your relatives and your neighbors. You better get some correct information from somebody out there ahead of you. Don't ask anybody a thought or an opinion that has no invested authority in your life because what difference does it make if they're wrong? They're not going to suffer any of the consequences. So why do you care what they think and what they know? They don't have anything invested in your future. Ask somebody who if you make the wrong decision, it'll cost them. You make the wrong decision, it costs me. You better believe I'm going to give her the right answer. And if I don't have it, I'll go up and get it. Not flipping through my back issues of better homes and gardens. All that reading, my home and garden isn't any better, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Probably because I just know and don't do. So I'm not looking for other voices. Notice when Jesus said to the lepers on his word, and he said, go. He did not lay hands on the ten lepers. On his word, he said, go. And as they went, as their act of obedience, their faith in his word, they turned around and went. That was an act of faith, and they were healed on their way. He was demonstrating that you're going to have to answer things that's going to be on your word. Not everything comes through pastor rubbing your head bald with some oil and polishing it up and Jason getting the hanky and shining you right. It's not all fixed that way. (laughs) Most things are fixed 
with a hot cup of coffee in your bathrobe in the morning with this, filling up the reservoir, filling up the gas tank that you're going to run on. You fill your car up and don't run on fumes, and yet you leave and you go about your life, a day you're never going to get back, and you're going to affect all sorts of people by your attitude, by your thoughts, by your actions, by your deeds, and you didn't even fill your tank up? Woo! Crazy is as crazy does. <laughs> okay. So let's finish here. Isaiah 43, 26 says this, put me in remembrance, let us plead together, declare that thou mayest be justified. And actually it translates this, God tells you to declare, enumerate, and celebrate, and list your obediences. He wants you to come before him this way, not God, I'm sorry again, I'm a, I'm a worm. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because if you ask forgiveness for it, it's gone. And so you're dragging it before, he wants you to go just like my kids do. Mom, you know, I've been doing really good, haven't I? You know, I've done my chores, you know, everything's going good. I got good grades. Yeah, what, what do you want? Because you know what's coming. And so Daddy wants you to come before him. Okay, God, you know, I've been working really hard and doing everything I can to be obedient. He's like, yeah, what do you want? You know, can you take me to the mall? Yeah. You know, he delights. He said, come before me and enumerate your obediences. So we're talking, look, look at all I've done, Daddy. I've been good, haven't I? Not be afraid that he's going to go, yeah, you did all that, but you, you didn't do this over here. You missed that corner. No, he's going to be like, yeah, what you want? What you want, darling? Hebrews 9, 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience in Hebrews 9, 14, that word conscience, the replay of the mind. So Satan is very interested in getting out that nasty, ugly old reel-to-reel and replaying your home movies. But God says that he's purged you from the replay of the mind. Satan's desire is to replay your past. God's desire through vision and imagination is to pre-play your future. Put the home movies away. The blood has freed you and set for your conscience. It sets you free from the replay. We're not interested in the replay. Even yesterday's triumphs, yesterday's excellence, that's tomorrow's mediocrity. So put your trophies away and put all your badges away. We're not interested in that because that was still yesterday. What are we going to do today and what are we going to do tomorrow? So when, when Paul said, forget those things that lie behind, he said this in verse 15, Philippians 3. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. He's talking to you about this is, a, this is how your mind is to be. If you're any other mind, God is going to let you know. If you're any other mind, forget the things that lie behind means to lose out of your mind, become ignorant and unaware. So God has not only authorized you to have the last word, he has authorized you to forget your past because he already has. So if you're authorized to forget your past, you're only living in this moment. And then in this moment, you're authorized to have the last word. Take it. Take it, brothers and sisters. You're going to see your life start moving forward. And some of you might say, yes, but I have a lot of pain. I'm not nullifying the pain. How do you get rid of the pain? Jude 120, beloved, build yourself up praying in the most Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit actually translates praying in the breath of God. So if you're praying the Holy Ghost, you're going to pray in the breath of God. The breath of God is going to start moving through your innermost being, through your heart, and through your thoughts. And yes, you will, the pain will leave you, but it's only going to leave you that one way. Not by meditating on it, not by petting it, not by making a shrine to all your mistakes, not by going back in your journal and rereading re that, by praying in the breath of God. He's going to blow that stuff away. He's going to heal that pain. Daddy's breath is going to blow that away. Your thoughts can't be thunk away. They're going to have to be displaced with the word. So what are you leaving? You're going to leave a legacy of a sound mind, right? 
Stop, drop, and roll. Amen.